Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Coffee Connections. My name is Seth Weiner. I am your Rockshineer, and I welcome everyone back. I hope you're having a good week. Uh, last week was great. I mean, even in a pandemic, I'm, I'm able to say that last week was great. I'm excited about our guests. But before I get into our show today, uh, someone asked me the other day to to let people know who I am, because I realized that this is being broadcast elsewhere, not just in my network. So so on the quick, my name is Seth Weiner. Like I said, I'm your auctioneer. I'm a benefit auctioneer specialist here in the Atlanta area working with nonprofits. And Coffee Connections is Insights with Innovators, talking to Atlanta generally Atlanta area, uh, nonprofit organizations. You can go to yourrockshineer.com right down there. Of course, you can, if you're on YouTube, you know, do all the right things, you know, like the page, uh, go ahead and subscribe for future notifications of our broadcast. Um, and go to uh, yourrockshineer.com, Coffee Connections. All our past episodes are there, are hosted there, and future ones, you can see who's coming up. Now, speaking of who's coming up, it's time for us to jump into today's show. So I hope you have a cup of coffee and you're ready. Uh, sitting down today is Shannon George Sink. Uh, she's the executive director of the Metropolitan Counseling Services. Now, you're like, what is that? Who is that? Let me tell you. Uh, first of all, she has used her passion for nonprofit service and volunteerism to fuel a career that's centered around helping those in need. And she is committed to this uh, belief. Uh, and, and she's very, very successful. She's been working uh, with communities thriving when its residents are supported through care of the whole person. We're going to talk about that. Shannon's work in the greater Atlanta community has spanned many, many issues and in areas, including public education policy and at-risk women and children. Currently, she serves on the Board of Trustees for the Fulton DeKalb Hospital Authority and is president-elect of the National Charity League, Milton Chapter. Now, I can go on and on telling you about her, but I'd like her to tell you about herself. And ladies and gentlemen, please, big round of applause. Welcome, Shannon. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you. You were highly recommended by Jen at the Giving Kitchen. Uh, and as you said so cleverly on your uh, Facebook page, she passed the cup to you. So now I'm going to pass that cup and allow you to introduce yourself, uh, your history and the organization, the organization's mission. Um, oh, wait a second. Before we even do that, we, I'm so excited to talk to you that I or maybe it's the caffeine. <laughs> I don't know. But let's start with <laughs> coffee. I mean, we're talking coffee. Um, are you a coffee drinker? I'm a huge coffee drinker. Um, yeah, it's a big it's a big staple for me in the office uh, when we're in person. Definitely around the house, the kids know that coffee is vital to mom's well being. So I brought my favorite mug with me, which kind of sums up I think working in the pandemic from home. Uh, work with me, people. Just work with me. You know, we can all be together. We can do this. Just work with me. Put up your dirty dishes. You know, put your phones on mute when you're running around the house. Do your homework. Just basic things. Work with me. <laughs> Go to bed at bedtime. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yes. Hang up the Snapchat. Like, let's just go to bed. Everybody rest. Let's try it again tomorrow. Yeah. Two now, teenagers, one husband and a dog in the house. And we're all busy. So it's good. <laughs> and, the, and the kids are homeschooling, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. They're virtual yeah. completely. They started Monday and we are all in. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, keeping on coffee, uh, I got to know, are mm -hmm. you a drip or a uh, French press? both actually and they sit on my counter together and i alternate depending on how fancy i'm feeling and i also have an espresso maker in the covid crisis i have become the master of my own iced coffee Delicious. that was my next question is uh, iced or mm -hmm. hot do you prefer iced or hot always hot but in the afternoon 
when I just gotta, you know, keep the energy way up high, then it's mm-hmm. the iced coffee. Now Excellent I'm gonna give recipe. I'm gonna give you a secret. I'm gonna give you a, I'm okay. gonna give all of you a secret. If you brew coffee and then use that coffee and you make ice cubes and you use those ice cubes in your iced coffee, it won't get as watered down. I've heard of that. I have not tried it, but now you're gonna move me forward. I'm gonna have to give it a go. I've heard okay. that. I've not tried it, but I'm gonna uh, do it. And then last question on coffee. What kind of roast are you? Dark, light, medium? I'm a medium girl. I'm a medium. I, I kind of tilt sometimes to the dark side, but more, more often than not, I stay right in the middle of medium. All right. Well, let's hear about MCS. Okay. Awesome. My favorite thing to talk about. Um, we are actually celebrating our 25th anniversary this year, which is fantastic, wow. even though it's in the middle of a terrible pandemic. Um, we're so thrilled to have been serving the Metro Atlanta community for this long. And our mission is very, very simple and it's to provide a sustainable source of affordable mental health care for the greater Atlanta community. And we really do that by training the next generation of therapists. We have a remarkable training program for residents who are postmasters but need their supervision in order to gain licensure in the state of Georgia to practice um, mental health privately. So we provide that supervision and through that training program, we're able to provide mental health care um, to our community at a really affordable rate. So that's in a tiny nutshell. Yeah. So just a quick question. So the Mm -hmm. So you're able to provide this rate because the therapists are the newer, they're they're associate, just... well, they're associate level, they're under supervision. So that means they have a licensed clinician with at least 20 years of supervision um, overseeing their work. So they're not in the room with the therapist, but they're providing case consultation each week and looking at the therapist caseload, reviewing cases and helping guide the associate level therapist through um, diagnosis, case, you know, course of treatment, um, monitoring outcomes and making sure that um, therapy is really working in the best way possible for the client. Um, So it's a really dynamic, training situation that we provide for the resident therapist. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And this isn't just for uh, individual, like this is, is it for adults, children, uh, couples? Yeah. So we start seeing clients at age 18. So 18 and up, uh, and as old as you would like to come and see us, we provide care for you. Um, we also do families and we do, um, so adult families that might be working through like systems issues, you know, maybe, um, college age kids uh, having to be back home, for example, in the face of the pandemic. Maybe there's some tensions there among the family so we can provide family support. We do a lot of couples counseling. um, And then we can also provide group therapy. Even in the pandemic, we're able to do group work. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Now, were your therapists doing virtual therapy before the pandemic? Mm -mm. No, so you you really- not at all. We did. In 72 hours, we had moved our entire team into a virtual um, and HIPAA compliant Zoom platform. Um, Everybody was able to communicate with supervisors via HIPAA compliant, secure technology. 
So we really, over the course of the weekend, over the March 16th weekend, we had our whole team shifted, no client missed a session, missed a beat. I mean, they just kept on with their course of treatment like nothing had happened. And we are so proud of that ability to respond mm -hmm. so quickly to um, what was going on. But a lot of that was because of some of the innovation that we were thinking about prior to the pandemic. So we had really positioned ourselves to start in this telehealth environment thinking about it in a different way, which I can share with you if you're interested in kind of knowing about yeah, what was please. causing us to shift. Um, yeah, we were thinking about how to better provide supervision, not really clinical treatment for, for adults who were looking for clinical care, but we were trying to figure out how to provide high quality supervision for therapists who might be working in counties around Georgia where there was no qualified licensed professional to supervise them. And ah. so we were thinking about how creative we could be if we provided the supervision and our training program over a telehealth platform so that they could stay in their rural community or um, you know wherever they might be located and still get the benefit of all of this intense training and high quality supervision that we're pouring into our resident team and then stay in their home communities and provide face-to-face -face clinical care. So that was always our goal. So when the pandemic hit, we knew exactly what platform we wanted to use. We knew what technology we wanted. We knew how to, like we were already in the mindset of going there. We just needed the money to make the shift. And luckily the philanthropic community mm -hmm. stepped in in a huge way and helped us shift on over. Wow, uh, that's that's incredible. But that, what, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's neat when things align like that, right? You know, it's, it's you can't look that, yeah. that's, that's such a gift, you know? It really, um, in, to be faced in such a situation that was affecting people so negatively and, and, you know, just all of our lives were overturned. It was such a great thing to see something positive and to be able to provide that kind of stability for our existing clients and then really open the door for new clients who were really struggling with not only, you know, this uncertainty that we're in, but just the change in their own family dynamics or um, relationships sure. either being cut off or being intense, like we were talking about before we came on with our kids, you know, and just the struggles of everybody under the same roof all the time. Just having that ability to have a, you know, a non-biased person to sit and listen and kind of help you talk through um, what you're feeling and maybe provide some strategies to help you better cope. I mean, that's such a gift. So we are so blessed um, mm -hmm. and so grateful to the philanthropic community for really understanding the importance of mental health in this time. Now, I want to come back to the philanthropic piece here in a second. And by the way, mm -hmm. it's not my stomach rumbling that the thunder and the storm is like coming right into the window. I got this window in front of me. So, so sorry, <laughs> on the side there. Uh, are you, Tree, so you, you said outside of Atlanta, how, how, how far does your organization reach? Uh, yeah, well, it's shifted. That has completely changed. Before um, COVID, we primarily saw folks in the metro Atlanta area. We had no geographic restrictions. If you could drive your car to our office, which is located at Buford Highway uh, and uh, North Druid Hills, right off of 85, if you could drive to us, we would see you, right? Now, mm -hmm. As long as you're inside the state of Georgia, we can see you anywhere. So anybody who's in Georgia listening today um, can call us up and you know uh, inquire about services, and we can see you anywhere in the state, no matter where you are, um, as long as you're 
inside the law is you have to be inside of Georgia. So we're going to really start to see our reach expand um, just because of our affordability and the fact that technology just opens the door to a lot more communities that are in need of mental health resources. Wow. So so this is interesting, right? So here, all of a sudden, you're, you have the capability, the technology, the support, the staff to be able to help more people. And then you do that. And then on top of that, the pandemic hits. And I'm going to just guess that more people need help right now and, and are hitting your services up. So you got like, I'm going to double the amount of uh, inquiries. I mean, what's where it's got to be flooding, right? I don't, yeah, we're definitely seeing an uptick. It's it's interesting. In the beginning, um, I think we we saw that eight percent increase in the in the second quarter of the year, um, which is obviously good, and in, and yeah. things are moving up. But I think now, as as we're all kind of realizing that this isn't going away in a few weeks, you know, obviously we've it's been not? here for almost six months. Yeah, it's not going away tomorrow. Um, <laughs> that now I think that that increase is really gonna start to rise and we're really starting to see the economic impact too, right? We saw it immediately, people panicked. There was a lot of right. um, unemployment, but there was, you know, the government stepped in with some assistance. As some of that stuff starts to back away, I think we're gonna continue to see that 8% increase more than, you know, just continue to rise. Um, oh, but yeah. we definitely saw an immediate increase. Yeah, I mean the next we're this you know August is ending. We haven't had that six hundred or four hundred dollar you know a week boost uh, from CARES. So uh, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be. I mean, I, I I know it's gonna it's gonna hurt when rents due for a lot of people because you can you can buy groceries off unemployment, but you can't pay rent off unemployment. Well, and I think the compounding factor as you look at the fall is you have the the holidays coming, and those are oh, stressful yeah. times when we're all in our best selves, right? I mean, some of us get really, you know, impacted by the holidays in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, and now you lay on, you know, a virus that is highly contagious and has no, you know, stopping mm -hmm. it at the moment. I think that's really going to widen um, the deep, the deep need for folks. I think it's going to yeah. really push well, us. Kind of yin -yang um, there. I mean, on one hand, you, you know, you don't have to uh, worry about where mom's going to be sleeping because she's not coming. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is true. And for some people, that could be a good thing, right? That, yeah. that might be a really helpful um, release of stress. But for other people, you know, it's not being able to touch those connections and have those rituals and some of those things mm -hmm. that we, you know, even though they drive us nuts, they're still part of our daily, you know, okay. yearly um, milestones as a family. Some of those people are going to really suffer. Uh, absolutely. Now, 25 years now in 25 mm -hmm. years 25 years ago so you, you were the organization seven years right yeah okay so even in seven years but 20 let's look at the 25 though the stigma of mental health and how much work has gone into helping remove that stigma now i'm in the, i come mm -hmm. from the music industry and we're facing a big shift before covid uh with musicians killing themselves suicide and mm -hmm us as fans and, and crew and artists and staff, like how do we support each other? And, and one of the big things was the stigma, like mental, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And if you're not okay, get help. And here, this, your organization, Metropolitan Counseling Services is an organization here in Georgia that can help so many um, because mm -hmm. a lot of times people are worried about money, but it's not just the money. Mm -hmm. It's not just that. It's also the stigma. And I'm curious to know, um, what your thoughts are on how, how that's changed throughout these uh, last you know 25 years? 
I think it's just remarkably different. Um, I mean, I can think about even when I started with MCS, to your point, just seven years ago, I was at a, a fundraising event um, in a church community and these women found out what I did for a living and started, you know, whispering to me in very hushed tones about someone in their family who was struggling with depression. But 30 minutes before, we're talking about incredibly private surgeries that they had had um, as women. I mean, it was it was graphic and personal and they were open and just sharing with the whole table these crazy physical things that they had gone through. But when it came to talking about a family member who was depressed, they were whispering and hush, you know, asking for wow. my card under the table, like when no one's looking past me your card. And I thought, okay, I, I can do that. But this is something we all share. And seven years later, there are commercials and athletes talking about openly their struggles and musicians. And we're right. so much yeah. more comfortable just talking about um, the, you know, the resources that are available. I think that we can't get really comfortable, though, thinking it's so much better now, we're all okay. I think there's still a lot of stigma of identifying myself as having a struggle. I'm happy to talk about the struggle, but it's still hard to identify um, myself as struggling or they still think there's a lot of work we can do there about supporting each other when we recognize something's not quite right. right. But if you look back at 25 years ago, I think it's a completely different, I mean, we wouldn't even be saying the word depression, anxiety, suicide. I mean, yeah. the media didn't even say the word. I mean, there was, you know, a whole... Right. Um, fear about copycat but even so though, um, the media right now mm -hmm. I, I i would say excuse me for interrupting but no i really want to get this out uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah definitely why when a musician or an artist or when someone commits suicide and it's because of depression why can't we talk about that why is it uh you know the person uh, died of uh you know uh complications of uh, chronic illness but the chronic illness is depression like like why mm -hmm, can't we talk mm -hmm. about that i don't i don't understand i don't know that. i mean i think it, it's hard. And I think it, you know, it, 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 um, I think there's some privacy and protection of the other person's feelings and the other person's family and navigating that. Um, and really being able to clinically say, I think there's a lot of, um, okay. privacy issues around some of those things. And I'm a reformed journalist, so I can, I can talk about this with a little bit of confidence, but I think there's some, you know, privacy and some, you know, real things to consider about that person's family and how they might, um, choose to talk about things. I mean, right. similarly, you know, there's a lot of misclassification of COVID deaths going on right now, right? Different, you know, so I think the media just does a great job of labeling the flashy sticker of whatever they think is going to sell best. Um, so I think the best thing we can do as a community is really support each other when we notice something is wrong. You know, just not being afraid to ask, are you okay? And just by asking that question, mm -hmm. we don't have to be the one to provide the help, we can link to resources, right? I think that's really the pivotal um, thing I want people to take away is that not to be afraid to ask someone, um, hey, I noticed something's really different about you. I noticed mm -hmm. you don't hang out with us anymore. Or you don't dress the same or, you know, you're, you're really don't behaving smile. differently what's going on. <laughs> you don't smile or, you know, and there's a lot not to smile about right now. And you know, is, people are afraid. It's a time, you know, it's it's a time where connection is very important. It is. And I, I think this is a, a time when, you know, we just need to not be afraid of what might um, somebody's response might be. And just right. to know where there are resources and how to link people to that. And, you know, that they don't have to sit and listen 
and have the right answers. You just need to know where to point people. Well, and when it comes to therapy, what I've, I mean, I'm, I've loved therapy. I mean, it, it's really like between therapy and running, my mind is like, I have, I have a washing machine, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but, yeah, and, and, I do. And, but therapy is not, you go and it's fixed. Therapy is such small baby steps, baby, 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 baby. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you create that space that, that you, that you were yeah. looking to be able to gain. And I say that because where I'm, where I'm going is I wish people would look at their mind as a muscle because they'll go to the gym or they'll go run, you know, but you'll exercise mm-hmm. other parts of their body. But when it comes to their mind, it's like, ah, eh. and I find that therapy is a way to do that. If you get the right therapist and, you know, for, but you find that match. Absolutely. And- well, and I think finding a therapist is a lot like dating. You got to try around, yes. you know, some people will go to one and it's like, oh, that wasn't for me. I'm never going back. I was like, well, maybe that person wasn't a right fit. You know, let's try somebody don't else. don't date your um, therapist. Don't date your therapist. And if, if they try to, you got a problem. Like, um, <laughs> so I think that's the other thing to your point about baby steps and incremental work. Um, and I think that's what I love so much about MCS is because we use a sliding fee scale for clients who might be struggling um, with the affordability of, you know, private practice psychotherapy, which in Atlanta can run anywhere from Expensive, 130 yeah. to 180 bucks an hour to do weekly work on incremental issues, you know, where you really, it's going to take baby steps to make that progress. We make it affordable so that people who are uninsured, who are underemployed or maybe unemployed right now, maybe college kids who are, you know, living on uh, couch, you know, cushions, you know, money they found in the couch cushions can really keep working on some of these issues that have been, they've been struggling with for a long time. And we let them stay with us at an affordable fee until they're feeling better. So that's a real gift to be able to provide the community to let, let them yeah. really do that long-term work at an affordable price. Now, how can you afford to do that? I mean, uh, you mentioned before that you, you're working with the, 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 the therapist and you're know, coming out of school, et cetera, mm-hmm. but, but it takes, I mean, you've got, you've got to raise money. Like, so where are your, where is the primary yeah. funding come for your nonprofit? Well, the primary funding through this year, through 2020, is really coming from private foundations, and we're so grateful. We're writing a lot of grants, um, really asking for help around things like technology, um, things that we didn't have to ask before, you know, we didn't need before. We didn't right. need the best computers that we could get. Now we do. We didn't need Zoom licenses that were HIPAA compliant. Mm-hmm. Now we do. Um, so the the grant private foundations are really helping us. Um close that gap right now. And then so do individual donors. Um, and I think this is where people, I think, shy away from giving sometimes because like, oh, well, I only have, you know, $35 to give. That's the average fee our client pays. So if somebody donates $35, they've just doubled what someone can pay for care. And then, you know, even a right. gift of 65 to $75 closes the gap between what a client would pay and what it really costs us to provide the care. So individual donations are just huge for us as well, really helping us um, keep that level of um, care and that long-term access for folks who really are gonna struggle for a long time to to be able to um, be back at the financial level that maybe they were before the pandemic, or um, maybe they were experiencing some employment issues prior to this COVID and now um, COVID's only, you know, widened that employment issue for them. So individual donations and, and private um, foundations are really what's keeping us afloat. Now, do you find that some of your donors, your 
uh, your big donors that have been around for a while, mm-hmm. are they coming to you now saying there's got to be more of a need or are they just, uh, you know, j- j- trying to give more because they know there's a need or is it pretty steady? Like you're able to communicate with them and not, like has much changed in, in that communication? I think we've always had really good communication with our with our foundations, and it's something that um, that I'm really proud of is that we have also become a resource um, for our foundations and training them on mental health issues, talking about the licensure process and what a quality mental health workforce looks like. Um, and so we always have had a good dialogue. And so when the pandemic came, it was it was very easy for me to call and say, hi, this is what we're looking at. This is where we need you to help us. And um, they were really great about standing in that gap and, and you know, helping um, fill our funding needs. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the challenge for us moving forward is once the, you know, this pandemic even becomes more normal for us, which is so hard to imagine how that happens, but, it, yeah. you know, um, it, it will happen. Every three weeks, every three weeks. And we'll, we'll check back in three weeks. Everything's in three weeks yeah. now. Right, right. And, you know, once we kind of get lulled into that, um, the mental health thing's not going to go away. The cost for our services isn't going to become lesser. So I think it's trying to help keep our message of high quality mental health and a high and a well-prepared workforce top of mind is going to be the biggest challenge. Um, this isn't going to go away right. even as we get more comfortable with the crisis, which just seems like such an odd thing to say. It's it's a shift. It's I mean this is this is the biggest thing that's you know in our lifetime for sure, and hopefully definitely know, <laughs> hopefully yeah. won't we won't see bigger things though. Um, well, then mm-hmm. what about your events? Like you've had events. Uh, I, I saw there was mm-hmm. one that was canceled. Was that this year or was that? No, we've we've taken we had taken a little step back from some of our events. We had had like a, a regular cocktail party type of event each year um, that we called night on the town. Um, And we had taken a step back just to kind of rethink and reformat that event. Mm -hmm. um, And then never got the opportunity to rethink or reformat. We were planning to do, you know, a celebration of our 25th anniversary. Obviously we were planning to do that in person and could not wait to, to gather um, old friends and our new friends and get everyone together and just celebrate, um, just our great legacy. Yeah. And, um, that is not going to be happening this year. So we're looking at how to create like a, a great video that kind of captures, you know, our, our journey because it's been a, a, a wild one and a vibrant one. Um, and kind of to tell that story in a virtual way later this fall. So you are planning to do something virtual then? Yeah, we're going to plan on, on something and we're still kind of um, tinkering with exactly what that looks like and you know, what, Mm -hmm. um, what will give us the most, uh, what will engage the most people in this kind of conversation that well, uh, we want to have. I, I know a guy that was happy to share ideas with you. I know, I love the way the worlds connect, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like true, like just work with me, right? Just work with me, people. Let's get this yes. together. So it's good to have a, a new connection. Well, there's a lot of a lot of organizations that are facing the same dilemma that you are, that are sitting here going, mm-hmm. well, maybe we'll just wait. And it's like, no, there's ways that you can connect with your your supporters and on a 25 year i mean that's worth celebrating and by the way people need something to celebrate and Mm -hmm. i mean and the connections that you have with like the giving kitchen and all these wonderful amazing people in atlanta i mean i can't even imagine how many people that are that people would like 
how many people you your organizations help that people if they saw the names be like you help that person like i mean i just imagine that that your reach is massive and 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 if, and have helped so many people in our community that that it's it's worth celebrating so i'm glad to hear you're doing virtual and i wish you all the best with it and and, and i'm sure it'll be very successful well we hope so i think there's I think the real struggle, and I, I, I totally sympathize with all my nonprofit um, executive directors and just employee friends, because it's mm -hmm. there's so much work to do right now that you just want to focus all of your energy on your staff and your team and your clients and is everybody getting what they need and um, how can we best you know meet these needs that it's so easy to to kind of think about fundraising and talking about your story like as a secondary thing because your focus mm -hmm. is you know you're just in this frenzy about making sure that you can really keep providing the high quality services that you know people need more than ever so it's definitely a balancing act and i'm i'm looking forward to yes. our celebration this fall and i really am looking for a clone to kind of help well, me well, <laughs> i so need two people do but me. that's the thing though that's the thing is it's the, it's the juice worth the squeeze right i love that saying mm -hmm. i love that saying because yeah. you 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 have more to deal with to keep your organization afloat and moving forward. But yet it's not just about raising money for your, for, for your organization. Mm -hmm. It's also about the community and, and celebrating. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, mm -hmm. that's good juice to squeeze, you know, like that's worth it. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, um, for so sure. Don't, don't, don't lose vision on that because as, as much as you want to move forward, as much as that, um, it does, it, it does, it's worth the celebration. And also oh, for people to is. donate money and they could donate money yeah. uh, by everyone a little bit uh, where to go to get resources. If someone, if you're watching and you, or you know someone that could utilize this service, where do they go? Yeah, definitely. So our website is M like Mary, csatlanta.org. And when you go to the website, you'll see a couple of things. There's a, a tab that'll take you to some mental health screenings. So if you're having you know, you're feeling different than you have lately, you can click on the screening button that will take you to a place where you can do confidential two minute brief screenings on a whole host of different issues. So that's a really helpful resource if you or you know somebody who might, you know, be struggling, but they don't really know uh, how to put uh, words to what they're feeling, that those um, assessments are there and they're free. There's also some information about how to request an appointment. It's really important for me to point out that we don't do any crisis work at MCS. So we're, we are purely um, an outpatient psychotherapy center. So we're really working with people who've like, you know, had some, have some struggles going on and they want to talk through those. And people who are in active crisis, um, we always tell everyone to either A, call 911 immediately if you're in a really active crisis and you need help right away, or the Georgia Crisis and Access Line, which is a 1-800 number. And I don't know what off my head, but I'm going to look it up real quick while we're talking. Um, and it, the number is also on the bottom of our website. So if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of our site, you will see the Crisis and Access Line and the Suicide Hotline. So those are both really and key that's 1 -800 Perfect. Thank you so much for that. So those are always on our website. So um, if somebody needs us in the future, mcsatlanta.org, scroll to the bottom and you'll find those um, quick quick hits for those emergency numbers. Um, there's an online form. People can, if you're looking for you know, a therapist um, to help you kind of walk through some issues, you can fill out our online form and somebody will get back to you. Or you can call 404-321-1794 and hit extension one. 
leave a voicemail and one of our therapists will call back and do uh, have a little conversation with you and, and see if we are the right fit for you. And if not, we always have great resources to connect someone to. So we won't be a dead end. Um, we're always a connector. If we're not the right fit, we help you find the right person who is. That's wonderful. Uh, so those, uh, and I'll put those up by the way, on, on the website and, and whatnot and update it on the YouTube page so people can find you. Um, so Great. thank you very much. Uh, I'm curious, have you ever done anything with Nucci space out of Athens? No, we have not. Okay. Oh, well you should, but maybe we That's should try. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe we should try. It sounds like a good. Uh, this is a great place for making new connections. It is. Well, uh, one other thing I would like to say is I, I think we could go for another hour just talking about uh, uh, ref the reformation of the, what they keep saying reforming, re uh, defunding police, not defund police, but let's find new ways. So the police department, like it's all call nine one one. Well, it shouldn't mm -hmm. be a police officer dealing with that type of crisis. With it, there should be mm -hmm. mental health specialists, and I think that's a. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there as another conversation at some point, because I think that's something that needs to be discussed. It's a definitely, it's a very interesting one. And in fact, if people are kind of interested in learning more about um, that specific topic, the Atlanta Region Regional Commission for Health and um, Health Improvement, Archie, A-R-C-H-I, just had a great webinar this week about mental health and the police and kind of our general community. And it was a really, really um very informative uh, webinar that they did. And I think they're going to link it on their um, webpage. But if anybody's really interested in looking at the history of mental health and the police, and uh, it was a fantastic and really informative webinar that really takes you back uh, into the you know deep history of our right. community and our country and, and mental health and kind of how we got to the place that we are now. Wonderful. All right. Well, gosh, so many resources. I hope you. I hope you all have your pen and pencil already. Um, so I know. <laughs> we talked about uh, community and connecting, and and I like to close all of my episodes with my guest, you, getting to choose one of our future guests. And I'm curious, have you thought of anyone? I have. It was so hard. Obviously, I love connections and, and our community and, and MCS has a fantastic network. Um, so it's hard to choose. Um, one, but I did. And I think it would be um, Voices for Georgia's Children, because um, oh. they are so pivotal right now in this um, era that we are living in. They're doing such amazing advocacy work for children, both in education, in healthcare, um, in safety, uh, just all across the board. And Erica Sitkoff is the um, executive director, and she is a fantastically well-connected and educated person on our kids. And I think... Um, when you talk about mental health and a healthy community, you got to spring over and talk about our kids and our youth and how they are faring through this. And Erica Gosh, is yeah. a wealth of information. So I think you're going to really enjoy her. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have to clear an hour for that conversation. My God. I, yeah, really. I mean, if you think we needed a lot of time, Erica <laughs> covers a whole ton of issues um, wow. and they do it so well. And so I yeah, think there'll I mean, be a, a fun, fun conversation. Yeah. I mean, I just having a seven-year-old and seeing the difference of like getting him to, interact with other kids you know it's like i know oh, these kids man they're they're it's this is tough this is tough on them and we got mm -hmm. and so many parents just get so worked up with just like uh, i'm on a zoom leave me alone like, <laughs> like you I can't know. just you know get the ball and go play next door wait don't go next door like it's just very confusing right me. where's your mask like do you have your hand sanitizer like what you know can we do this can we do that yeah so even so, yeah, before the gonna, pandemic well what's that she gonna, was a lot of great work and so now they're even more pivotal but yeah but what what are the like, 
the future, what, what does that lead to? Right. Like, are we, are we building anxiety with these kids that we're going to have to unpeel for like years? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, so yeah, that'll be a good conversation. I, I look forward to that. <laughs> well, she will enjoy those challenging questions for sure. For sure. Cool. Well, next week, folks, uh, Coffee Connections on Tuesday, we've got a two for two for now. What does that mean? On Tuesday, we're talking with Threshold Community Program, David Nelson, their executive director and Ben Davido, uh, their marketing manager. Uh, and that's an organization that works with autistic children. And then on Thursday, another two. That's why it's a two for two for on Thursday. We're talking with my friends at the Fox Theater Institute, Lee Burns and Allie Grubb. Lee's the director and Allie is the marketing director. Uh, so I'm really excited to uh, to jump into a very busy week next week. Um, Shannon, thank you so much for your time. I really, really enjoyed having you. Uh, we should We should definitely continue the conversation at some point. Uh, and Anytime. As, as someone that really cares about mental health, um, I really value what you're providing our community. I thank you very much for that. Uh, folks, please go to their website, MCS Georgia, was it, or Atlanta? MCS Atlanta. Thank you. MCSAtlanta.org. MCSAtlanta.org. And while you're there, you can make a donation of anything from 18 cents to anything. $1,800 or more. Everything counts. So thank you so much. <laughs> Everything Shannon, happens. have a great day. Thank you so much for having us. It was a lot of fun. All right. We'll talk again soon. Bye, everyone. All right. Thanks.